Ever wanted a career in football? At the Global Institute of Sport, you can now study a master's degree in football business or football coaching and analysis right here in Australia. GIS is the largest provider of sports degrees in the UK with campuses at Wembley and Etihad Stadium. Learn online with unique access to the iconic MCG and a big-hitting Australian industry network. Be one of the first Australians to get a football master's degree and join GIS's global network of football leaders. Apply now to start in February 2023. Learn more at gis.sport.fnr. That's gis.sport.fnr. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. And it's the Global Institute of Sport that sponsors our program each and every week. Pakur Frimpong is my co-host and the driver of the program. She has a very special licence. Not only does it allow her to call games on Paramount+, Plus, <laughs> but she's also focusing on running the ship and making sure we don't run aground. Um, and, and we are in Docklands, <laughs> and there was a ship that ran aground, yeah. a, a ferry, the other day. Let's not do that. Very we won't, important. I promise. I'll Very keep us afloat, George. Fantastic. Um, happy Australia Day. Happy Australia Day to you. Um, thoroughly excited by uh, some of the news that arrived, of course, only the other day, the other night, and that was that a young, I, I, I suppose, a, a young global star in the making um, had a football career out of Adelaide. His name is Awa Mabil has been chosen as the Young Australian of the Year. What did you make of that? I'm really happy for him, and I think it's a beautiful and inspirational thing because it, it obviously is, from, uh, you know, from a migrant background myself, to see someone like him do that and achieve what he's achieved, uh, I'm incredibly proud of him, and I know the community at large is really, really proud of him. I think also, too, it gives us, uh, you know, they, they say you can't be what you can't see, We've got a young Australian of the year that, to me, looks more like the Australia of today, 2023, than the Australia of 50 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah? So that's so important. So congratulations to all those involved. And I should add to the uh, football family right across the country, um, another five honours have been bestowed. And one very special one for me, um, actually there are a couple, but one very special one for me is Susan Crow or Sue Crow, A.M., uh, former community officer, the manager of community affairs at Melbourne City and Melbourne Heart. She's worked tirelessly behind the scenes to do some fantastic work and she's uh, received the Order of Australia, member of the Order of Australia. So, you know, fantastic for her. Also, I've noticed that uh, Judge uh, Ralph Sulio uh, from South Australia has picked up a, a gong, which is tremendous. Um, he's the former president of Football South Australia uh, and for for about a decade, and the deputy chair of the Asian Football Confederation. So he's doing some tremendous work and has done. And I notice also from Queensland, uh, Andrew Candell or Candle, uh, the OAM, and Owen uh, Pezzett, OAM, and of course from New South Wales, David Swan. They've all received members of the Order of Australia, and I would imagine that um, Football Australia CEO James Johnson is wearing a huge smile. I mentioned Susan Crow. Our special guest today is Michael Petrillo. And Michael, of course, the talent acquisition manager at Melbourne City, and he's been a big part of the success of the club over the last half a dozen years. He would be thrilled, absolutely thrilled, with the news that Sue Crow has got herself a gong during, uh, during the Australia Day um, honours. What did you make of it, Michael? Welcome to the program. Thanks, George. Um, yeah, no, fantastic honour for Sue, having worked with her for about six years. Um, just a wonderful uh, human being and, and uh, done some outstanding work at the club and, and within the community. So, yeah, I don't think there's a more deserving person, George. I'm sure you, you know her quite well as well. So, um, yeah, uh, really, really happy to hear that. Over the last half a dozen years, we did so many Australia Day presentations uh, we handed out uh, oodles of what they call Australia Day um, certificates for those wanting to be new Australians, all you know, being sworn in and, and feeling very, very fortunate to be part of the lucky country down under. Um, so the work that Sue did, 
the opportunities to to bring the people to the club, to get them onto the pitch so they could uh, swear their oath to Australia in front of the players, in front of the audience. That was tremendous. And she's done it, or she did it, uh, without missing a beat. And uh, now, of course, she's sitting back and relaxing. Uh, she's a, not only a very proud mum, because we should add that Sue Crow's daughter is a world champion rower, an Olympic champion, um, and, of course, in her own right, a professional who's spending quite a, a time in Canberra. She's a lawyer. What isn't she doing? Um, so she's a proud mum. She's a proud Australian, and she's a very proud uh, member of the uh, new honours list. So you're right. Sue Crow has an awful lot um, to be thankful for, but by golly, she's done some tremendous work, as has the uh, the father of the family. Max would be beaming from ear to ear, wouldn't he, uh, Michael? Yeah, I'm sure he'd be very proud of, of, of Sue um, and, and what she's achieved and, and this honour. Uh, and, they, and they're a great family. Yeah, yeah the they have family. been. Yep, yep. Just great people. Just great people. Uh, speaking of family, you've been uh, part of the broader uh, Melbourne City family and the City Group for now. Is it how, how many years is it? Is it six or is it eight? Uh, you know, it's, it's right in between, George. Seven coming up to <laughs> seven years now. So, so I'm, yeah. I missed on yeah. both on both guesses. Well done, George. Well, you, you got the you got the range right. Yeah, right <laughs> thank you for that. Now <laughs> tell me, uh, you know this Mobile too, because you've you've spent some time in South Australia. You know where all the great young talent and that fabulous nursery that is mm. South Australia. Um, what have you made of the uh, the great honour that uh, the young man received last night? Yeah, I've known Awa for, for a long time. I went to see him play for uh, Cady Vidmar's uh, South Australian Institute of Sport team. He was 14 or 15, actually 14, I think he was. And we signed him uh, into our youth league at Adelaide when I was there and then Gave him his first professional contract. So I'm really, wow. really proud to have been part of that journey. And, and while I was in Adelaide, we, we did start the uh, the, the uh, uh, Barefoot to Boots campaign yep. that, that AWA was was uh, uh, obviously uh, instrumental in in, uh, in starting along with Ian Smith um, it, back in Adelaide. And and uh, it, it just grown and uh, over the years and going to see AWA go back. You know, basically every every year in his off season to to the to the um, the refugee camp that he spent quite a bit of time in before he came to Australia to give back to those kids, um, you know, opportunities and, and and even material things that he never had the opportunity to 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 take or to have. Uh, so yeah, absolutely fantastic, fantastic honour for Awar and well deserved, and he's just a a, a good young person uh, who has uh, fantastic morals and values and, and uh, a very generous young man. Uh, my co-host, uh, Pakua Frimpong, uh, is a Ghanaian who arrived in this country very, very young. She's doing some tremendous work uh, on Paramount Plus calling the women's game and uh, just learning the caper and doing it uh, as well as she possibly can. And she has a bit like our, she has that hunger to, to want to be better, which is fantastic. But can you take us back to those early days what did you see in this outstanding young man at that time that said to well, you or, or added to you, you, you to you and said to you, yeah, we, we need to pick this young man because there's something about him. What was it that, that lifted you and said, uh, come well, on, let me sign yeah, a contract? <laughs> yeah, well, the game I went to see, he, 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 his team was losing. I think they were 2-0 down and, and Tony Vidmar, I think AWA at the moment, at that time was the youngest player in the team. He was on the bench. He came on with about half an hour to go, and he completely changed the game. Sure, he scored a goal and then created uh, enough havoc to, to score another two, and, and uh, they won the game three two. And just his enthusiasm, his passion. Uh, obviously, he was very quick and had electric pace, but just a passion to play football. And, and um, you know, not many people know the story, but you know, his first contract wasn't a great one. You know, it was, a, it was basically minimum wage, and you know, the first thing he did. And I remember talking to him, you know, what are you going to do with your money? What, you know, you've got some money now, you need to save. He said, oh, no, the most important thing, I need to buy my mother a car because uh, she catches public transport to go and work. And, and uh, you know, she's done a lot for me and I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend my first year paying, uh, paying uh, for a car for mum. And, and, you know, that tells you, uh, you know, all you need to know about the, the, the kid and was well, a young man now. But at that time, you know, we're talking about a 16-year-old boy. Um, you know, so, yeah, as I said, I'm just wrapped for, for Awari, just a great person and, and um, really happy that, that um, you know, he's had a great future. He's a, he's a socceroo and, 
uh, um, and, and still doing good things in the in the community. Is that, you know, when you speak about his character and things like that, mm. is that important for you when you're looking at a player yeah. that you're thinking about for your club? Like they have to have, like they can be great, but if they don't have the the the, the stuff inside that makes you like a, the, a good human being, they're just yeah. not right for your club? Yeah, it's spot on. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, over the years, and I've been doing it now for 18 years, <laughs> is, is one thing that, that's not negotiable now is is the person's character. And, I, you know, I'd rather take a less talented player who's a really good person than uh, a more talented player who's perhaps, uh, you know, a little bit questionable in terms of his character because, you know, to have success and st- certainly sustained success, uh, it's important to have good people. Uh, and, and, I, and I don't think it matters, you know, what, what industry you're talking about? You know, if you if you're working with and around good people, you normally have success and, and you can have sustained success. Um, whereas if you you know you've got a couple of dodgy characters in and around the place, normally something goes wrong somewhere and things fall apart. So yeah, no, it's a very very important part of, of recruitment. Isn't it amazing that here we are on a football program and we're talking about recruiting uh, people and employing good people, and it yeah. matters. And you and you've said after your 18 years, you can now say without missing a beat, uh, I would rather have uh, access and, and wild animals in the background. Yeah, sorry, sorry George. Uh, that's all right. Uh, what's the dog's name? Uh, Luna. Yeah, she's, uh, she's hearing some noise. Luna outside. said we were heard we were talking about good people and Luna said, yeah, I support Luna's, that, let me. Yeah, <laughs> Luna's gone, yeah, count me in as well. But, yeah, I think but, you want to be a part of the show. But good character is so special, huh? You've seen yeah, it now. You've seen yeah. it time and again. You saw it in Adelaide, and you, you've yeah. seen it again throughout your your stint in Melbourne City. And of course, yeah. the City Football Group allows you to travel the world, uh, and you've seen it used now time and time again. We 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 saw the arrival of Ange Postecoglou in Japan for Yokohama again yeah. under the City Football Group. We saw uh, Kevin Musket again arrive there, and all good characters. And in and when I say good characters. There are people who will question that, especially when it comes to Kevin and his football uh, reputation. But deep down, there is no harder worker than oh. than Kevin Musket, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Kevin's a fantastic guy. You know, we, obviously being at Adelaide before and, and Melbourne City, there was always a rival with Kevin. You know, yeah, he's uh, fierce. The person you, you hated the most in the opposition, but he'd be the first person I would have signed in my team, you know. Because he just gives a hundred percent for for the organisation. And Luna, we we also yeah, have Luna. No, we need to. I, yeah. I feel like we could get Luna on a on a contract in Melbourne. So I feel like Luna would be a crowd pleaser. Don't mention contracts the, get, and Luna no, in front saying. of in front of Michael. You know, and he gets uncomfortable. I'm just saying, George. I feel like <laughs> Luna would be the biggest signing Melbourne City has ever done. I feel like as our mascot. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't say no to that. We should. We should speak to Brad Rouse and uh, the CEO and say to him, Have you ever considered? Luna as a mascot for the club might be something for the it new season. Could be on something, Michael. I don't know. It could be on something. Correct. Speaking of uh, of on, uh, you know, doing new things. Um, what have we made of the last, I suppose, month and a half now? We've seen we've seen PK Patrick Kisnorbo leave and go to to France to to coach or to manage Troyes. Um, what have you made of the arrival of uh, Rado, who's been a part of the, the City family now for a number of years, doing a tremendous job for the W League side, the um, the women's team? Um, how have yeah. you seen the move and how 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 is everything fitting in? I mean, you, you'd have a unique perspective. Yeah, it, it's always difficult to lose a coach uh, in the middle of the season, well, early in the season, uh, and um, it, it happened very quickly. So... But you know they have, we were very lucky to have Rado, you know, someone of Rado's experience, character, skill set, you know, in our in our uh, organisation, and he's stepped in, you know, basically without any notice, and and, and he's done a terrific job, and and um, the players have adapted really well. Um, he's not skipped a beat. Uh, yeah, we've had a couple of draws the last couple of games, but against two two very good teams who are defensively very sound. Um, so no, no, he's done a great job, George. He's a, he's a great, again, a great person. Um, and, and you know, I'll reiterate again, we, we want to have good people in the in the group. And so far, Rado's done a great job. And and uh, as I said, the players have adapted really well and, and accepted uh, a couple of little changes that Rado's made and and uh, accepted me, accepted him into the group as well. Do you think, Michael, for like the city group and things like that, is do you think the ease of transition for Rado get stepping into the men's squad that you? 
have a, like a philosophy around the club and a playing style? Or do you reckon that's helped his uh, transition into that job? A hundred percent, and not only Rado. You know, it's helped. Uh, it helped PK. You know, move from the academy to the women's team to the to the A League side. Yeah, help Rado move from the, the women's league to the to the A League side. Our assistant coaches, you know, Ralph Napoli, who's now has gone with with PK from you know academy and 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 uh, sports science into our coaching. Peter Crack, who now is an assistant coach of the A League from uh, you know the academy into our A League organisation. John Mazzano, who's, who's also now an yeah. assistant coach at A League level from our MPL into our, into our first team. So yeah, it does help, you know, to have you know that type of structure and and uh, and all of club football philosophy. Mm. Um, that takes care of, of that part of our, our, our game, which is really important to us as a, as a group, not just as a club. Uh, and then, as I said, you know, having good people in the organisation, um, it makes me proud to be able to promote those people internally because you know, I think there's nothing better and more powerful in, in an organisation when players and staff, whether it's coaches or sports scientists, can see that there's a pathway and, and they, can, uh, they can be promoted and they can move uh, because of the work that they're doing. Uh, young Dario has stepped in where his father w- was yeah. holding the reins and he yep. seems to be, I'll, I'll, I'll defer now to uh, Pakua because she's watching all their games. I've, How's he doing? He's doing really well. I, I commentated their game against Western Sydney on the weekend. He's pretty hands-on, isn't he's he? pretty hands-on. They're a good, they're, they're just, they're like a, they, they have such a great foundation as a, as a team, but They've got that flair and with Rojas coming back into their squad, I think they're going to be a really big threat heading into finals and they are they are a great team and he's done a really, really good job so far. That's the commentator speaking there, um, uh, Michael. <laughs> that's that's the uh, young woman from Paramount Plus just telling you that from her professional perspective, you've, you've done okay and the club's doing right. okay. Right, I, I think she's, she's actually given a good summary, you know, Obviously, it helps having having Rado as his father, and, and they they live together in the same house. So you can imagine it'll be it'll be football you know, seven seven <laughs> Breakfast, days a week, lunch and, and dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Oh wow. so he's got no choice. But you know, Dario has shown um, you know an interest in coaching basically ever since. I, I mean, I had him in Adelaide United as a as a, as a relatively young man, and you know, even then he was talking tactics and football <laughs> and, and philosophies, and you know, he could see that one day he was going to be a coach just like his dad. So yeah, he's, yeah, Dara's doing a great job. One of my favourite things about because obviously seeing Rado as the head coach, he's a he's a yeller, Rado. You can hear him from wherever you are. You can. <laughs> I remember hearing Rado yell, "TJ, TJ!" out there. You could hear him. But Dario is a little calmer. Is it, it, it must be weird. You'd be like, the volume's like gone down. You're like, is everyone doing work? Because you could hear Rado, but Dario is just so quiet. It's it's, it's fascinating. He's the silent like, assassin, yeah, Michael. Will tell you. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's doing more of the screaming at training. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're both relatively calm people. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think yeah, probably Rado was a little bit louder. But and uh, Dario's got his own style, but you know, obviously very similar to his dad. But uh, yeah. Again, doing a great job, and we're really proud to say that you know we're going to bring a player through, another player through the journey from playing to, to coaching, and hopefully, uh, you know, he, he keeps going, and he, he, one day uh, he he may be a, an alien coach. Who, who knows? There you go. Uh, the Global Institute of Sport is our sponsor each and every week on the State of Our Football Nation. This is FNR George Danikin, along with Pakua Frimpong. We're talking to our special guest uh, Michael Petrillo, who's the talent acquisition man uh, who has watched over uh, Melbourne City stocks, playing stocks for the better part of the last seven years. Um, Valon, Berisha, a character and a half. We've had a few weeks now to, to see the man, to, to understand the style of play and the, the sort of nuisance he can be when he wants to be. Uh, what have you made of uh, his arrival? Yeah, Valon... Uh... Uh, started quite well and, and uh, found his feet quickly. I think um, what what we get from Ballon is you know 100 percent effort every game. You know he, he's uh, he's a bit of an energizer bunny. He just doesn't stop. <laughs> and, and at training as well, he's always encouraging the other players, particularly the young ones, and, and pushing them and driving them. You know he's he's a, he's a great professional. He looks after himself uh, uh, probably as, as well as anybody I've seen in the game. You know he watches everything he eats, everything he drinks. He gets his rest. He's he's a, he's a real yeah a real professional. So a, a great role model for the young boys that are coming through the, the team. You know probably if, if you ask. 
asked him he probably would have liked a, a few more goals and assists to go with the, with the work rate. But, you know, that, that, that can come. I mean, we saw Matthew Leckie last year start off slowly and then oh, all yeah. of a sudden finish with a bang and, and, and has gone on with it again this year. So we hope that, you know, uh, he scores his first goal and, and, and then it, and then he... Because uh, he's always had a good goal-scoring record wherever he's been. So we hope that they, they will come. That will be the next part of his game that uh, that will take him to another level. Uh, Richie, uh, Richard... Uh... Um, uh, uh, I love his... Uh, Van de Ven. Uh, Van de Ven, yeah. He, he yeah. Is, he's, a, again, one of those who arrived, uh, I thought, quietly. Uh, yeah. we, we could see from the moment he ran onto the pitch, he, he wanted to make a difference. And, and yeah. he's starting to really assert himself, isn't he? Yeah, Richard started a bit slower than Ballon because he, he copped an injury, unfortunately, yeah. and it kept him out for two or three weeks. So he didn't have the the same start as what Ballon did. But once he started playing and found his feet, I think, you know, he, I mean, he's scoring goals, he's, he's, he's providing assists. Again, he, he's non-stop. He's got an uh, unbelievable engine. He can run all day and, and and he just loves playing football. So, we're you know, very lucky to get two foreign players with you know, who have got that sort of uh, ability to, to run all day and, and are just great professionals. And, of course, without forgetting uh, Florin Beringer, who's now oh, just yeah. start, starting to come back. So, we, you know, we, we're blessed in the midfield with, with Aidan O'Neill as well. So to have, you know, some really quality players in there. I've got to, I've got to commend you on Florin Berenguer because uh, I know the story probably better than uh, a, a lot of other people, and we maybe haven't given people a chance to understand how much he had to go through. He and his wife are, arrived uh, with virtually no English, uh, but everything they've done from that day, uh, from that arrival, has been to make themselves better, to be uh, uh, you know contributors. Uh, I think he they got burgled inside the first few weeks of his arrival, so yeah. he he then he got injured, and and people of course very quick to judge, um, we, yeah. and then we we needed to see him get some time on the pitch and play some you know steady football, and then we started to see the creative the creativity within the player. He has been a revelation, at, you know at times his injuries have have cost him and us. But my golly, when he's playing, he's just a terrific player. Yeah, he is, George. And you know, probably the first year when when he when he played, you know, um, I think he's probably played out of position. He was playing as a winger uh, mm. under under Warren Joyce, and we, we we really didn't see the true Florin. But you know, once Eric came in, he he uh, he started to flourish and and uh, playing in his in his uh, normal position. And I think last year he was outstanding. And for me, clearly the best player in the competition. Very unlucky not to have won the Johnny Warren medal. Um, I'm not sure why he didn't, but you know, as I said, I thought he was clearly the best player in the competition. And yeah, unfortunately, copped a, a nasty injury at the start of this season and, and, and missed a, a fair chunk. But now he's back to full fitness. He's training really well and and putting pressure now on the on the incumbent midfielders, uh, which is great. You know, keeping pressure on on, on players. And I think uh, we'll see Florin back to his uh, his brilliant best again very soon. And I have to agree. I think he was the best player in the competition. He's just so yeah. fluid on the ball and his vision. I, I'm oh, a big, big fan wonderful. of him as a player. But you've also got some really good young players coming through your squad. And and to keep the balance of young mixed with a lot of experienced players is really, really difficult mm. because it's a precarious yeah. situation. How do you kind of find young players? And is it Do you look at something different when you see young players compared to players who are a little bit more established? Yeah, we, we, we tend to uh, not worry about the physicality of the players, um, whereas, you know, without mentioning any, any clubs because I don't know them intimately, but, um, you know, a lot of, lot of clubs tend to look for, for the physical qualities at an early age and, and that can always uh, you know, be the wrong way to look at players. I think if, you, if the players are smaller or, or haven't quite developed yet, but you can see they're technically very good, they have good engines and, and they, uh, you know, they're good people, then, you know, we tend to give them time uh, to develop physically. Um, and we have uh, a very clear uh, and defined uh, characteristic uh, list uh, for players for different positions that we, we, we stick to and, and, and seems to have given us a lot of success. You know, we're very lucky. We have a good recruitment team. We have a full-time recruiter here in, in, in Melbourne. Um, you know, we see a lot of the games. Um, and we have excellent coaches in our academy um, that uh, first of all understand the type of footballers that we're looking for and, and the type of football that we're trying to play. And, and uh, we don't concentrate on the results in our academy. Um, and I've said it to, to our coaches, whilst we always want to win, and I think it's 
it's an innate characteristic of any <laughs> human being to want to win. Um, so I did a lot of winning to... last last season. Your MPL uh, side, they did a lot of yeah, winning last but, season, but, just a little bit. But it, but it was never the focus. You know, if you look at our MPL team, it, it was you know, the average age was uh, uh, seventeen, just over seventeen years of age. You know, and and the year before it was about sixteen and a half. So um, we we, uh, we go in with it to pick our best young players, uh, regardless of their age. Um, and if we win, that's fantastic. And if we don't, and we develop players, it's also fantastic. You know, mm. we we uh, we don't put any emphasis in having to win. You know, the under twelves, on the fourteens, on the sixteens, on the eighteens. You know, it's more about developing players and individuals and teaching players that the city way of playing football. Uh, we've watched Marco Tilio's rise and rise and rise. Uh, young Jordan Boss starting to do some bloody terrific things. Where did you find Jordan Boss? Yeah, Jordan came into our uh, academy, oh, crikey, I think it'd be about five or six years ago now. Five um, or six? Yeah. What was he, 12? Yeah, he was, uh, He was. Uh, I think he was 13 or 14 oh. at the time, and, you know, doing well. And him and his, he's yet had got a younger brother uh, that's no longer with us now just because of the time to, to travel from, from Point Cook, is, which is where they lived. But, yeah, Jordan, again, you know, uh, took a little bit of time to, to grow physically, but you could see, you know, on the ball, he was, uh, you know, one of those naturally gifted players and, you know, loved to attack and loved to go past players and sometimes would make a mistake, but, you know, you you don't want to diminish those qualities in a player. We, we encourage that. And, and now he's grown physically. He's a bit of a beast. He, he reminds me in, in so many ways of Matthew Leckie at the same age. Wow. Um, so he, he's, uh, you know, he's going to go on to... To, uh, to really great things. I think he's going to have a great future if he keeps his head down and keeps working hard. Michael Petrillo, uh, is it my my memory right or wrong? Were you there at the very beginning when Matthew Leckie was putting his hand up to 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 showcase his wares? Were you one of the team that said, that young man's going to make a, an impact? Yeah, I, I signed Matthew uh, oh. from Bulleen, from Bulleen uh, George. He, he actually came to live, live with me for a couple of months because he, he couldn't afford to to move into a place in Adelaide and it was only 18. Goodness so, gracious. Yeah, very similar to Jordan Boss, just, uh, you know, good athlete, but good on the ball, a good young kid, you know, never phased by anything and, and um, you know, obviously looked at his, uh, followed his career. Um, he spent a couple of years, years with, us, with us in Adelaide and then went to to Germany and, and uh, it's just been nice to be able to have him back and it feels like you've, I've completed the cycle with him. But, uh, you know, <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't changed too much uh, over the years, unlike me. It, uh, he still looks like he's an 18 out there. Well, but, it's interesting yeah, you mention that because every time he appears on camera, Tara Rushton struggles to concentrate for the next five minutes. <laughs> uh, but what I was going to say is you, 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 you haven't been asked to be the godfather of the children yet? <laughs> no, unfortunately, they were, they were all born in, in Germany, so oh. I wasn't around. But that would have been a lovely uh, gesture for, for Matty. But um, no, I, you know, he, he's just a great kid. And you know, like I said, he's, he's been brilliant for us. He's had a great career. And sometimes I, th- I think, he, you know, his career may have gone, on, gone under the radar a little bit. Mm. Uh, you know, when you think it's 10 years in the Bundesliga, I mean, that's that's a hell of a long time to be in one of the top leagues in the world and, and uh, you know, playing regularly. Um, you know, we, we've seen... You know, his quality coming back to the A-League. And I think, and again, I might be biased, but I think so far this season he's, he's been the best player in the league by a mile. And obviously obviously in the A-League he's been doing really, really well, but that yeah. World Cup run <laughs> for the Socceroos was really incredible. Yeah. I think I've heard a few clubs talk about, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily in the A-League or just abroad, but it's really important for them to try and get players that are able to play in the national teams because that is a really high representation of your club that you're able to produce players of that standard. Is it kind of a thing at, uh, at City that you really are trying to like push to get these players so that the best of their ability so they can make the national team and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. We, we say that in the academy that we're trying to produce players that can go beyond the A-League. You know, of course, we want them to play for Melbourne City, but if we're aiming to develop players that can play in the top leagues in Europe, we're going to end up with, and if they don't go, we're going to end up with very, very good A-League players. You know, so we always want them to push and we want them to aspire to be the best they can be, but we want to set a really high standard. As I said, we want them to be better than uh, good A-League players. We want them to be good uh, top league players in a, in a global sense. And, you know, we're starting to produce some of those uh, uh, over the last few years and it's something that we're incredibly proud of as much as we love 
you know, the fact that we're playing in grand finals and winning championships or premierships and, and whatever. But, you know, what gives me as much pride and sometimes a bit more is to see these young kids develop through our academy and go on and, and, and achieve things and you know, uh, long may it continue. Um, Michael Petrillo is our special guest on uh, State of Our Football Nation. Uh, a Women's World Cup just around the corner. It's getting closer and closer and closer, Michael. Uh, how yeah. many of our young women are likely to put their hand up and, and be in that final squad for the Matildas? Well, George, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I probably would have said eight or nine <laughs> then because we had so many of them. But as you know, they've all, all left to go to the top leagues in Europe. But, you know, we uh, I think we've got one or two that would, would be pushing. Um, you know, certainly I think Holly McNamara would have if, if, if it wasn't for a knee injury, but hopefully she'll be back in, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks she'll be back on the field and, and, and if she does really well, I'm sure that she'll be in, in contention. You now, Briley Henry's done really well for us and, you know, we've got a couple of brilliant young players that we've been able to secure this year uh, that uh, that have, have done really well uh, and, and hopefully they have a future with the Matildas in the years to come. Uh, it's going to be a difficult squad to get into. We've got so many good players playing around the world now. And, and uh, you know, I, I hope that, we, you know, maybe we can sneak one or two in there. I feel like, I think you, you've got, you might have a chance, Michael. I, I'm not sure that that squad seems really difficult to break in into, but yeah. I'm a big Holly McNamara fan. And I cannot wait for her yeah. to be back in the league and your attack. I'm thinking about all the players. It's very <laughs> scary. Very, very scary, that attack that you have at the moment. And, yeah. uh, I, I should mention yeah. that, I should mention, Michael, that, uh, uh, Pakua is a huge, huge, huge fan for young talent. She's also yeah. an Arsenal fan, which makes it awkward in the studio <laughs> because the red mist occasionally rises. But she's very, she's very proud. Uh, but more importantly, she has a real love for attacking talent. Uh, she, yeah. she sees it. She loves, she loves it because for what it, it, what it achieves, it, it excites fans. And Pakua yeah. understands that it, it is the entertainment business, and if you're not making that effort, then you're 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 leaving yourself on perched on the edge there, not providing. Um, the club has tried to do that over the last half a dozen years while you've been there. Um, yeah. In the early days when it was Melbourne Heart, we had some uh, exciting players. Alex Terra uh, was terrific, um, but suddenly we've we've got a crop of youngsters. And and some oldies, uh, Andrew Nabert still when he wants to just turn it on, flick the switch. There are things that he does that very few other people are even prepared to contemplate, uh, and the sheer yeah. fact that he tries it uh, yeah. scares the hell out of defences. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly right, uh, George. I think you know, we've seen him score some spectacular goals over the years and, and do some amazing things and. You know, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of it as, as the season progresses. You know, it's been tough for him the last few weeks. He's uh, he's had to come off the bench. But, you know, when you've got Tilio and you've got, uh, you know, Lecky on the other side, it, it, it makes it really difficult. But, we, you know, we're, we're blessed to have those types of players in our, in our competition and uh, and in our, in our team specifically. So, you know, it keeps pressure on everybody to, to, to perform. Any new faces coming, male or female? Uh, no, well, we we think that you know, obviously, with Florin coming in, it's like a new signing really for us because he, he didn't play the first uh, eight or nine weeks. But, Correct. Yeah, you know, the girls, you know, uh, as we alluded to before, we've got Holly coming back in the next couple of weeks. You know, excited to have Rojas back in the, in the next couple of weeks as well. So you know, we can get Wilkinson and, and Holly and and uh, Rojas, Riley Henry, you know, uh, running a muck up forward. I think we we. We'll be able to cause a few problems. Come, Dario's come got up. a lot of headaches. Pakua is smiling no, uh, thinking, from ear to ear. No, she just, loves cause, cause attack. I'm, I'm just thinking about it and I'm like, this player does this really <laughs> yeah. well. This player does this really well. This <laughs> yeah. player, and it's just it's interesting because Hannah Wilkinson's such a different player. Yes, it's yeah. such a different option for Correct. them going forward. Can different yeah. to when they had Rojas. I'm, just, I'm really intrigued to see how Dario will figure Fits that out in, and, yeah. and get that all working really like seamlessly. Uh, Michael, yeah. Michael, how are the facilities at the club doing? We're almost, uh, um, as I said, we de- we decommissioned what was the yeah. old facility at B- uh, Bandura, um, yeah. but we're now we're now almost getting to that stage where the the dream at Casey Fields yeah. is almost where you want it, isn't it? Well, it's, it's taken a bit longer than we would, we would uh-huh. hope, George. There's a few uh, construction delays, so and obviously a little bit related to COVID, but but you know material shortages and, and, and things like that. Logistics, so we're probably, logistics. Yeah. yeah, we're a little bit behind schedule, but you know the, the shell is up. We're, we're about, I think they're about to 
uh, put the beams up to, to build the top floor and, and uh, we're on target probably for about, uh, I think, August completion, wow. Wow. which will be fantastic. And, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, world-class facilities uh, for the players to, to walk into in the, in the, in the pre-season. I can just say, for me personally, just because I live in the southeast and I live in Berwick, <laughs> I am so grateful <laughs> that football games are getting played in the southeast <laughs> because I do a trek. I do a trek out to the city and everyone's like, oh, this is easy, this is close. And I'm like, well, why don't you come down to the southeast and watch some football? And they're like, oh, this is so far, so far. And I'm like, so finally, city have done know, it. City have done it. Now you know how I feel about having to travel long journeys. I'm happy it's 15 minutes away from my house. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> it's a, it's a great area to be involved in. You know, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a, a real hotbed for football in the years to come. I think. Uh, Michael, before we let you go, and once yep. again, thank you very much for helping us out. Uh, Australia okay. Day. Uh, it's been a, a very busy one, but we started off uh, the conversation by saying that the club had. Uh, had the opportunity to have a wonderful uh, uh, contributor to the club's uh, growth and support. And then we're talking about Sue Crow, our community uh, manager, uh, community affairs manager for, for the better part of half a dozen years. Terrific lady. And she's been on in, in the Australian honours list, which is tre- tremendous, as have a number of others. But um, And we're getting the facilities sorted. But I'm just going to ask you a question regarding Garen Qual. Now, you would have seen the arrival of this young man. You would have got a glimpse of him. What have you made of him and what do you expect? Is is the hype a, a, a distinct possibility to be realised? I think that, that's always the possibility, George. Um, you know, again, I, I probably would have liked to see him play a few more games in the A-League. You know, he didn't start a lot of games and sometimes players can go a little bit too early. And I just hope he gets game time. Because uh, if he if he has a lack of game time, that that'll set him back. But you know he's certainly got a lot of potential. Uh, as I said, I, sometimes I think players go a little bit too early. Um, I'm hoping it's not the case with uh, Garang, and, and he does really well. Um, if but if you look at the the Aussie boys that have gone over recently, they've, they've been a little bit more mature. They've played you know 50, 60, 70 games, and then and then gone over, and they've all done reasonably well. So the most important thing for him is to is to make sure he's at a club where he gets game time. Uh, Michael Petrillo giving us a sense of uh, what he's always looking for when he's recruiting or acquiring new talent and signing them on. Um, the chances of a second division, does that excite you too? Oh, yeah, look, I think it would be great. You know, if we can get a second division up and running, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something that we've never had. We go mm. back to the old NSL days, you know, back from, to 1977, we, we've never had it. Uh, it, it's not uh, an easy exercise. You know, clubs that are coming in have to make sure they've got all their financials right yep. and the backing. Because the last thing I'd like to see is these clubs that have been around, you know, for 60, 70, 80, 90 years, uh, all of a sudden fold after one or two years in a, in, in a second uh, division uh, because they, they basically can't afford it. So I just need to, uh, I think we need to make sure that the structure around the competition is, is right and the financials are right. Because um, as I said, you know, those clubs, those, you know, and, and some of, even some of the old NSL clubs have been the lifeblood of the sport. Mm. Uh, and, and I hate to see them um, uh, go under because they, they can't afford to be in that competition. But let's get it right. Let's get the structure right first. And then I think it's a great idea. Um, and, and then hopefully, um, you know, uh, we have a vibrant A League as well. I was just going to say, Chris Nicker was at the uh, Melbourne Knights the other evening to acknowledge seventy years uh, yeah. the club's been around. That's that's some sort of contribution to the game because I can remember a young nasty talent. Sorry, um, it, it's just my my. I'm talking about the V Bomber. <laughs> the first time I saw him, I thought, "Hey, hey, he, he looks good." Then I went, yeah. damn, he's good. Then I went, just <laughs> damn. Why, yeah. why is he playing for them? He 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 was something, and he's he's still a remarkable young man. Uh, yeah. Doesn't doesn't make too much noise. Doesn't really, um, you know, spend too much time talking. He he he's, yeah. his strength always was playing, and I'll yeah. never forget the wonderful energy that both he and. Uh, uh, a young Harry Kuehl managed to um, engender and create every time they ran onto the pitch um, for their then club uh, leads, which which people would sit there and go, my God, it's it's powered by Australians. How can that be? But they did. And Harry Kuehl in that first year 
when he burst onto the scene, got young football, the young, young English footballer of the year. Just think about it. Uh, he was acknowledged. That's how good he was. And young Viduka, who came from Celtic um, um, via Dinamo Zagreb, I think, um, just just burst onto the scene and scored prodigious goals. Did, did you ever think he was going to have the career that uh, he had? No, oh, look, I, I saw him like you did, George. You know, uh, as an eighteen-year-old, <laughs> yeah, he he was a special talent. You know, and and I think he was always going to be successful overseas. And, you know, um, <laughs> had a great great career. Oh. Um, a great, great player. And, and this is what I was talking about. You know, we don't want the Melbourne Knights and the South Melbournes and the Adelaide cities of this world that have, you know, have, have provided so many soccer players over the years. We and coaches. And coaches. And, and yeah, coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so if they come into those things of competition, we want that competition to be strong and vibrant so they can, they can excel in it. Uh, Michael Petrillo, as always, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. Uh, continued all success right. at the club. Uh, all the very best for the rest of the season. And uh, we look forward to seeing you when the Women's World Cup gets underway. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for your support, guys. Much appreciated. Keep well, up the good work. Thank you. And uh, our best to Luna. Yes, best to Luna. <laughs> Mascot, we'll see you at the next game. Yeah, she's, she's, she's happy now. <laughs> thanks, George. Thank, thank you. Mate. All the very Thanks, guys. Michael Petrillo. Oh, very good. Um, the Global Institute of Sport has... Uh, been our sponsor and has been for a number of weeks and continues to give you an opportunity if you want a career in the game um, the Global Institute of Sport is providing some fantastic uh, opportunities and uh, check their website uh, certainly worthwhile and we thank very much Michael Petrillo what did you make of that you got a you from your perspective um, got a bit of background no I'm absolutely fascinated I, I, I love hearing talk about recruitment because because obviously as fans, we, we see the flashy and we we see all the, the, the goals and we can see, we can pick up when someone's done a really good move, but it's interesting to see what goes into it for a club and, and how much the human aspect is really important just as much as the skill ability as well. Um, his eye for, for talent, not bad. Lecky, I wear my bill and a host of others. It's not bad. It's not a bad... <laughs> it's not, it's not bad. a bad... Uh, Lisa what did you what did you what did you make of his um, his uh, run through the um, the A League uh, women's side for Melbourne City? They are they are a quality side. They really are. Are they? I think they're almost a lock. Not not mathematically a lock, yeah, but yeah. a certain I think lock to make finals. And they've recruited really really well because I was end of last season, particularly their defence. They'd they have uh, obviously Emma Check started the season with an injury and. I'm going to confuse either Tori Tumith or Winona Heatley. One of them has an ACL injury, and my brain is not this figuring out which who is which. But they're such a young backline besides Emma Checker, and they've recruited really well defensively, and they're doing they're doing well. So. I remember last year when we had a chat, um, and it wasn't on this program; it was, uh, I think, behind the scenes. And you said to me, "They've got a couple. Uh, they've got too many holes." Yeah, and so it turned out to be when when the pressure got got uh, really uh, hard. Uh, and and hot, there were areas of the club or areas of that defence that just didn't stand yeah. up, and they've gone and done their homework. No, they, and they sure s- enough, they've shored up certain areas. Now it's about, as they say, coming together yeah. and watching them, you know, fit in, and that glue now starting to run through. And there's also the other thing we we need to remember: uh, a different voice. Yeah, uh, there is. A no difference. sooner had they started the season under Rado that that. Dario was in. Uh, then that um, Dario was it's, asked it's to step interesting in. Interesting, there are you know obviously like uh, uh, like your Spurs side, for instance. Yep. They they are really good defensive unit. Like Newcastle, they 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 defend like just the normal defense. But for Melbourne City's women's side, they almost their attack is their best form of defense. They have yeah. to be on the front foot. They have to be pressing. They they have to be pushing forward and that's their best form of defense and they but doesn't really... that require a tremendous midfield no it does and then and they have they have a, a good midfield at the moment and and really good wide players to come in to to help and and work with that and and it's interesting the way their side i'm fascinated to see how they'll work with hannah wilkinson up front because she's a much different striker to maria rojas and holly mcnamara really around a policy and they love to run and, and move and how they'll link what's she like uh with her back to the goals who hannah wilkinson yeah I think she's more – maybe her hold-up play could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, she's more of a, a traditional just goal scorer. You know, she can score the header inside the box. She's a real poacher. 
So, so she's a focal point. She's a focal point, and mm. and that it's been weird to see the side kind of have to evolve from playing with Rojas at the start of the season with Briley Henry and Polisena. There was a lot of movement going around. I think there's been a, almost a teething period of time mm-hmm. with Hannah Wilkinson, mm-hmm. even though they had her last season. The, the, the squad is different, um, but they've. I think they've, they've. It's clicking. They they won that game one nil against Western Sydney, who didn't, who had chances, but they were pre- pretty confident. So it's going to be great to see the combination. The options they have is nice. Your your top four is it starting to really firm? Think, oh, it's 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 top five at the moment because oh, I top think five. Every, it's a, because victory, everyone, victory is one. Yeah, so got Western United at the top of the table. It's between Western United and Adelaide United who will make that final fourth spot because I I think Sydney FC will be fine. Melbourne City victory they'll be fine, but between Adelaide and Western. Will Western be able to keep up now they've Maintain lost? Yeah, it. now that they've lost someone like Jess McDonald, a big international player, mm-hmm. and will Adelaide finally kickstart their season and get the wins like they did last year? Okay, um, what have you made of the uh, A League Men's? A League Men's has been good. Up, are you impressed by Nick Montgomery and I, no, what the Central Coast Baroness? I was just about to say this. I am a big Nick Montgomery fan. He's a we've new, had him on, yeah, exactly. And, and you've we, heard the, yeah, you've heard, heard the passion, it, exactly. He's he sounds like such a great person and. A coach that understands his team and mm. that, and understands what they're good at and plays to that strength. And that, you can't ask for anything more from a coach. And, and I'm really happy for the Mariners. I, I, for every time we've asked something of him, he's come to the, the yeah. party. Um, we've, we've watched, uh, again, their, um, their chair, uh, Richard Peel, come to... Uh, by the way, we've been invited to go to um, uh, the Central Coast Mariners and uh, they've offered to uh, look after us. So... Uh, you and I have to find a way to get to, to the Central way. Coast Mariners. Uh, by the way, um, overnight there have been some more results that um, and more transfers. What have you made? I've got, I know we're jumping the gun and we're, and we're going overseas to the EPL because I'm still bewildered by the fair play rules. Oh, they don't exist. And much. and and how they how they fit Chelsea? Yeah. Uh, has Chelsea spent? Five hundred million they, pounds, or am I just making these numbers up? They've spent a ridiculous amount. And I was so confused, so I was like, let me, let <laughs> "You're me. confused." I was confused. I was like, "Let me go to the people who, <laughs> who break this down." And I was like, "I'm gonna head to the Athletic, yeah. and I will." And what, the, and what did they say? Pod, what did they say? David Onsen, and and they were like, "Because Chelsea have they've kind of smartly, oh, the contract, it's smartly yeah, now, is the it? contracts they have." They've over these seven year periods. Like if you see a lot of the new contracts that Chelsea are doing, they're over a really long period of time, and because of that, they have to pay a different, different amount. So it kind of technically fits under the. I'm butchering. Yeah, I'm butchering the what is so beautifully said by someone else, but that was the gist of it. Because they've extended the length of their contracts. M- may may I suggest you weren't butchering so much as paraphrasing? Yes, paraphrasing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I've sat from the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, watching with bewilderment um, what Chelsea have been doing. Yeah. Um, can they can they make an impact in the the second half of the EPL season enough to be in the top four? No, I think that top four is is I, settled. I think, or just about, just about. We're pretty close to because the top four at the moment is Arsenal, Man City, and Man Cars, United. And Man United. Yep. Man United are playing really well. They're, oh, they're, they're playing they're playing, playing terrific. So I think. Tottenham is probably the only one outside of that. that they're, they're, but they're half a dozen yeah, points behind. Yeah, but it's, I think it's pretty like if Newcastle might fall away because Newcastle <sighs> have been defending. I, I, I haven't seen Newcastle look like falling anywhere. No, but this is my thing about Newcastle. Go. They almost give me Tottenham a few years ago in the sense of they actually don't score. Recently, haven't been scoring as many goals as people yeah, think. Yeah, that's They've valid. been defending. But the, hang on, who have they played? They've played Manchester United, yeah. and they've played Arsenal. No, and two, two of the best teams that, in the competition. Is, that's for sure. And and they defend really, really well. That's their, the thing they're best at is yep. defending Newcastle. Yep. They're going to get points with these draws, but I don't know if like I don't know how many wins they're they're accu- they're going to accumulate as I, mm. I I don't think they're going to lose. I have. They're the most confident I feel about anyone besides Arsenal that they will not lose a football game. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the no, football game. That's a very game. good point. So you're saying that there may well be more draws yeah. in their in their final yeah. season runoff rather than wins. And as we've seen, 
if you want to make up points in a hurry, you got some. There's, only, there's a there's a thing that's called um, three points, and yeah. that is means you've got to win. Exactly. Uh, one thing that Spurs have done in the past is they've avoided draws. They've either won or they've lost, uh, and losses are not good. And we've we've I think we've got half a dozen at the moment or seven. Yeah. How many losses have City um, have, have Tottenham? I think it's seven losses, which to me is probably three too many. Um, but uh, the nature. Yeah, you've got seven. Losses. Seven, yeah, it's too many. But um, Newcastle have only got one loss, but nine draws. Yes, it's a lot of draws. You, you, so you see how you can be impacted by just not be- making the win. Exactly, because I was like, wait, I was thinking about. It, I was like, Newcastle have have been playing so so well. And then I looked at the table the other day, and I'm like, wait, how have Man United, who had a poor start, caught up to Newcastle? Score wins exactly, and yeah. these draws. Lose, not losing is not losing is is fine, but yep. these draws start to hurt you. Correct. How can you have, especially when others are yeah, jumping three they've, points they've every got, time there's a they've, game? They've won almost. They've won ten games. They've drawn nine games. That's that's sure. That's nine points, but you're losing. You're leaving a lot of points on the table. Correct. Correct. Um, something else. Uh, now you're you're part of the commentary team at Paramount Plus. Um, another busy round. Um, who are you calling? This weekend? Uh, this weekend, I've got a 3pm kickoff and it's Canberra taking on Western United at McKellar Park. So this is critical for Western United. They've got to keep winning. But Canberra are the sort of side that can create problems. They really are. Um, I Very competitive. Really, really competitive side. I saw them. I was commentating their game they did against Newcastle and they won 5-1. Tremendous, tremendous trans work. And then they lost to Wellington the other day on... The other day on Sun on Sunday, and I was like, "Wait, how has that happened? How has everything happened?" But New- Canberra are one of those sides that they're middle of the table. Like you could get them really; they could be really good on one day and really poor the next. So it'd be fascinating to see how Western United, without Jess McDonald now, how they match up because it'd be a very close game. When you're describing Canberra, you're almost describing the Brisbane Roar. Oh, yeah. W League side last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're on on one day they looked invincible. And the next day, you could beat them. Yeah, because it's and they're both on Canberra and Brisbane right now are both on eleven points in the league. It's just Brisbane have a, a worse uh, goal difference. Yeah, the at goal the difference. Moment, but, yeah. uh, let's bring it back to the men's for a moment because I never thought I'd be saying this. There's a big blue. Yeah. Tonight. There is a big blue. And it's happening at Amy Park. Uh, the first of the sanctions look like impacting the audience, the uh, the attendance. Let's hope that it's a healthy attendance. Uh, the active supporter groups uh, say they're they're going. Uh, let's see how that works out. Um, the club is saying, Caroline Carnegie is saying, they're not going to have our support. We can't stop them, but uh, they're not going to have our support as they did in the past. Yep. So a lot of things up in the air. Let's see how it goes. But both are dueling for the the um, the wooden spoon. Is that right? They are. Victory at the How moment. can that be? Yeah, victory at the moment occupying that space. Because they, they didn't start the season. They they were okay. To start they looked the terrific. Yeah, they were, they were all right. And it's they've just... Remember I what think, happened in the derby? Yeah. Yeah, no? yeah just a little thing. No, no, they could have they could have been 2-0 two two up. Yeah. And then they were suddenly 1-0 down. Exactly. Uh, it's so... I'm not... I, I think what has happened to the club, and, and I think we were speaking about this before the show today, of like... Yep. It takes so much to win. Like it's not just about the playing on the field. It's everything around the club, the fans, everything yeah, it's matters. Holistic, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think that what's happened in that with the Tom Glover incident and every in the fans come, it's affected the club on a, such a massive level that you can't really find your bearings because you don't really know where you are. Like even though like they know all the sanctions, this season's kind of it's it leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Of course everything, it does. Everything yes. that's happened. Of course it so does. It's, Really difficult space to be in. You and I have, have talked about this in the past. I believe that the uh, the most important thing for any competition is to have sides that are seriously competitive, yeah. and that competition uh, just drives the others to try even harder. Uh, we've watched, um, you know, the Central Coast Mariners, who have been in the doldrums for a number of years, uh, suddenly emerge with a, a young crop of players and some really astute uh, acquisitions from overseas. I thought, uh, and I think Nick Montgomery and what they're doing, uh, you know, what Richard Peel and the others are doing at the Central Coast Mariners, is seriously exciting. 
Western, the Western Sydney Wanderers starting to look like more and more a side of substance. Can we see them scoring more goals? Yeah, that is the question. I, I, I'm not, quite, I'm not sure what the answer is to that. It, it's. I'm looking at this. I've, I, I realize I haven't taken a look at the top four in yeah. a, in a minute. It's quite close. Like obviously it the is. five it's point gap close. between City and Central Coast, but the same amount of points for Western Sydney and Wellington. It's great to see Wellington doing oh, well. Look. It's really, really good. Hey, it must be super exciting for Wellington to yeah. be actually play at home. Exactly. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It, it's. They fantastic. also. They must have felt that. They they had a passport, but it it, it didn't mean anything. It didn't mean anything. That's the, so the passport wasn't. And let wasn't me just working. tell you, that's the worst possible feeling. Yeah. I've have you ever fronted uh, to the airport and been asked for your passport and you've gone? No, this this I haven't got me. it with George, me, and was, it happened to me once. It's happened to me also once. <sighs> I was on holiday in the UK. No, we'd left my we'd left my cousin's house. We were heading to Gatwick Airport, and I had realised that the night before I took my I was rearranging my bag and I'd left the passport on the table and we got there and I'm patting my pockets and I'm like oh my goodness I've forgotten my thing and we were flying to Barcelona and I've like I've completely forgotten my passport and it was so how did you get there I had to I missed the flight had to go someone had to pick my passport up and then I caught a different flight it was awful the worst feeling I've ever had and I lost money at the airport because I lost my my purse there it was the worst day of my life if there is only any advice I can offer you be Madonna <laughs> and and have your own flight. Yeah, that would be nice. That'd be, maybe one day I'll I'll save enough money for that to happen. But no yeah. problems at all. No problem. Um, anything else you want to discuss before we, we pull the pin I, I until ask, next week? Just want to ask really quickly your sure. opinion on the uh, Dwight York situation. What an absolute surprise! Um, well, let's let's mention something that needs to be pointed out. Um, it's not as if the club hasn't been winning. Yeah. They they won the Australia Cup. Yeah, they did. Uh, like the that. inaugural Australia Cup is in the hands of MacArthur, led by their manager, Dwight York. What did you make of it? I was astonished. I was... I, I was and then I heard some scuttlebutt that this was a very interesting entree to get Dwight to Sydney FC. Do you reckon that's the case? Well, let let's not... Let's not um, pose too many uh, questions, but let's just say this. In the event that between now and the end of the season there's an appointment to Sydney FC's coaching ranks and Steve Corica is asked to call it a day or he chooses to step away and we see Dwight York, well, then you and I have said... Hollywood does exist. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's uh, Andy Harper. Who knew Andy Harper was in for the big scoops? Just oh, announced wow. it casually on uh, on TV, and it turned out to be uh, be correct. And I thought it was quite quite an interesting I always, piece of TV. I al- now something for you to ponder. Yeah. Right. When you're musing as a commentator, be very careful you're not creating history. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if you go. Make sure you go with the right sort of, um, you know, ammunition. He, he was he was right there on this. Oh, anyway, and he was right. He, yes. he, he got it before everybody else. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be right than be first. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Listen, thank you very much for helping us get through yet another program. Uh, sp- again, our sponsor has been the Global Institute of Sport. They've been terrific. And once again, if you are interested in having a career in the game, check out the Global Institute of Sport and some of the many degrees that you can pursue. And the campus, of course, is available here in Melbourne, as it is in a number of countries around the world. So, again, until next week, thank you, Pakua. Thank you, George. We covered some interesting territory and got an opportunity to to acknowledge some wonderful people who were honoured last night in the Australia Day Honours. Five all up, and uh, James Johnson would be smiling from ear to ear. But, of course, the number one gong... Um, has gone to the Young Australian of the Year, Young Awamabil, who's now plying his trade where in Europe? Actually, I can't remember. You oh. normally are so quick no, to I the, to I the am, gun. My brain today he's is... had to leave Cardiff on loan and he's gone to play for... He's gone to play for Sparta Prague. Yes, in Czechia. This is the old uh, Czechoslovakia. No longer now Slovakia, it's Czechia. That's what they're calling it. 
Uh, I wish him well. It's a beautiful part of the world. If you've never been to, to Prague, one of the most beautiful cities in, in, in Europe, um, in your travels, you've been to Barcelona, which is a magic city. I've never been to Barcelona. I've never been to Prague. My, uh, one my, of my... my wife's told me 55 times that it's the most beautiful yeah, place, no, Barcelona. One of my um, best friends is from Prague, and she's always like, you've got to go, you've got to go. So maybe one day I'll go. Well, get your friend to give us a scoop <laughs> yeah. on the uh, young Australian of the year and how he's fitting in. A whole I'll, new I'll language. Ask, yeah, I'll ask her. whole new culture. Yeah. All right. Until next week, then. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.